Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is CNN Breaking News. And welcome to The Lead. I'm Pamela Brown and for Jake Tapper today. We begin this hour with breaking news. Joe Biden has decided on a running mate. Sources tell CNN he has revealed his choice to top advisors and the announcement could come as soon as today. Really, any minute now, potentially this hour, we'll have to see. Moments ago, we also learned the Biden campaign has now informed some of the contenders of his decision. And Congresswoman Karen Bass was told by Biden himself that she is not the pick, three sources say. Let's start with CNN's Jeff Zeleny. So, Jeff, what are you learning about this decision? Pamela, good afternoon. Joe Biden, of course, has been looking for a running mate of his own for about three or four months or so. And we are told this afternoon that he has indeed made a decision on his choice. He informed just a handful of small, a small handful of advisors earlier uh, today that he had indeed settled on his choice. And that sets into motion the rollout plan. And what this means is it is going to be a historic choice, whoever he decides. Why? Because he pledged some five months ago that he would pick a woman as his running mate. So whoever he decides is going to be the third woman in U.S. history to be a running mate on a major party's ticket. So that is indeed going to be historic. But more than that, Joe Biden, I am told, as he has had uh, one-on-one conversations, face-to-face in many cases, some virtual conversations in other cases, with uh, several contenders about the kind of governing partner he is indeed looking for. This, of course, is a job he knows something about. Uh, He was the running mate, the vice president for eight years for Barack Obama, of course, but is the specific type of running mate that he was, where he had a a hand in most decisions and he had a weekly lunch, of course, with the president. So he was indeed a governing partner. So that, I'm told, uh, was a driving decision here. Not someone who can maybe help him with the uh, presidential campaign coming up, but it's someone who can help him with the challenges going forward. So the leading contenders, we believe, are California Senator Kamala Harris, uh, as well as Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who flew to Delaware to meet with Biden just a week or so ago. She, of course, has taken a lead in coronavirus in the state of Michigan. Also among the serious contenders were former National Security Advisor in the Obama administration and the U.N. Ambassador Susan Rice. So those are three of the contenders, as well as many others. But the Biden campaign looked at some 11 women overall, members of the House of Representatives, senators, uh, governors as well. And that is uh, where he was drawing this uh, pool for So certainly it is going to be a historic choice when he makes it. He's going to uh, reveal this through social media. Of course, that's how the campaign wants to drive some attention onto this. And then later he's going to have a fundraiser and appear for the first time by video, at least, with his running mate. And Pamela, this is all coming into just days ahead of the Democratic convention, which is starting next week. Mm -hmm. It was scheduled to be in Milwaukee, but it's going to be a virtual convention. But this uh, running mate only has about a week to get ready for that because next Wednesday evening is their big speech to the country, their big moment to introduce themselves. But uh, here and now we do know that uh, Joe Biden has made a decision and he'll reveal that shortly. Yeah, time is certainly running out for him to make this big announcement today. Again, we're waiting to find out any moment now. Thank you so much, Jeff Zeleny.
I want to bring in Dana Bash now uh, for more on this and the rest of our panel, including uh, David Chalian, uh, Nia Malika Henderson, Gloria Borger. Dana, starting with you, uh, like I said, there's been a lot of anticipation for this decision. Joe Biden uh, clearly has been very involved, agonizing over who he's going to pick because this is really a critical decision for his candidacy. How so? In so many ways, uh, it's always a critical decision for the presumptive nominee on who he wants to, or she last time around wants to pick for uh, the running mate. And and as Jeff said, the, the thing that is different now and maybe over the last few cycles than than uh, than it had been in the past is uh, especially now is that it's not so much for him about geography or about winning a state or about uh, you know the the politics of the map. It's about mm -hmm. who he is going, who he wants to be, his partner in governing. It mm -hmm. is who he feels comfortable with in governing, and it is the reality that he would be the oldest president ever elected if he is elected, and has to make sure that the person he, that the woman he chooses, uh, will be ready to go on day one. Mm -hmm. And so that is, th that is no small thing. Uh, and, and he recognizes that. I went up and, and interviewed uh, the former vice president in uh, May, the end of May, and we talked about this. And you could see it was already weighing on him, Pamela. And now, over the past several months, it's been even more so because of all of the factors that he understands goes into this. I mean, mm -hmm. the other thing that is perhaps obvious, but it's worth saying, is that he has the experience of being a vice president for two terms and having a very successful partnership. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to emulate that. He's trying to find that magic again. And it's not easy because nobody knew, including Joe Biden and Barack Obama, that they would be the kind of partners that they ended up being because when they first met, they didn't know each other very well. Right. They didn't know each other very well. But as you point out, um, chemistry is very important to him, that personal chemistry, a governing mm -hmm. partner. But also, David Chalian, this is a really important moment uh, in history. How does the climate that America is in right now play into this? Well, certainly uh, it plays into this sort of pressure campaign we've seen uh, put on the Biden team from African-Americans uh, inside certain quarters of the Democratic Party establishment saying, you know, you can't look at where we are as a country right now in the aftermath of George Floyd's killing and this reignited quest for social justice uh, and, and not include uh, that moment in this kind of selection process. So that, that's one sort of contextual uh, piece of this. But, but Pamela, it's the other thing that we have to remember about this pick, we don't get to see presidential candidates make decisions, right? Presidents have to make decisions all the time. But this is the one sort of decision that we get to see, high profile decision, that we get to see a presidential candidate who's not in office at the moment make. And what that tells us about uh, the decision making process, the kind of people he's looking to have around him, uh, what, how that informs the public about how Joe Biden handles a big moment like this. There aren't many opportunities in a presidential campaign to convey that. Uh, and this is this is one of them. And Nia Malika, given the context that David Chalian just laid out, clearly the pressure is on Joe Biden to select a black woman as his running mate. Uh, does he risk blowback if he doesn't do so? 
Well, we saw what happened really when uh, Gretchen Whitmer was seeming to be someone uh, who he was seriously considering, and, and, and it looks like uh, he was doing that up until the very end. We still don't know whether or not she's going to be the pick. You did see a kind of renewed push from uh, folks in the African American uh, sort of Democratic wing uh, of, the, of the country and, and the political spectrum, essentially say to Joe Biden, if you don't pick a black woman, you will lose the election. And, you know, this was about 100 or so uh, black men who released uh, that open letter to the Joe Biden campaign. And that was on top of uh, what we saw in the Washington Post, uh, prominent black women, uh, Democrats saying it's time for uh, a black woman. And it was about representation. It was about the fact that the fortunes of lots of politicians, Terry McAuliffe, uh, Doug Jones in in Alabama, tied to black women. Mm -hmm. They showed up uh, for Democrats in those instances and put them over the top. So black women uh, in this party uh, saying to the party leadership that the leadership should now reflect uh, the power of, of black women. And so that's what you've seen over these last uh, many weeks. Listen, Joe Biden kind of put himself in this box when he announced back in March that he would pick a, a woman. It, it, you know, it's not really clear whether or not he regrets doing that. Some people cheered. Some people said, well, well listen, this, you know, kind of is like this is a set aside in some ways and maybe the person uh, who comes in will be looked at uh, more as sort of an affirmative action pick. Mm -hmm. uh, but listen, so, so uh, you know, after he did that, you had people lobbying for their picks and, and African-American women uh, particularly saying it's time for an African-American woman. We don't know who it's going to be. We'll see. We do know that uh, some of the finalists were obviously African-American women like Karen Bass, mm -hmm. Val Demings, Susan Rice, Kamala Harris. So we'll see what he ends up doing. We should find out. Uh, we any should minute. find out soon. And, and we should um, note that that one of them had actually been called Karen Bass. Congresswoman Karen Bass, as we have reported, was called and told that she was not uh, the VP pick. But Gloria, um, you know, as this all plays out, look, we all know that, that there have been VP picks that have gone over better than others in the past. Um, what are some yeah. of, of the uh, the pitfalls of this pick? Well, you know, I mean, the one that comes to mind, and when David was talking about this is how you judge uh, a potential president by this decision and how he makes decisions, you know, the one that comes to mind to me, of course, is John McCain picking mm -hmm. Sarah Palin. We all recall that he wanted Joe Lieberman, but Republicans said to him, if you have Joe Lieberman, you're going to have a walkout at your own Republican convention. And then he did a Hail Mary and decided that uh, he was going to pick Sarah Palin, and that didn't go over so well. And it told a lot of people a lot of things about uh, John McCain's uh, feelings, judgment, what he thought he needed, what could help him. And, and I think with Biden, you will see some of that, of course. But because Biden has been vice president, as my colleagues are saying, there is such a, a difference here. And my sources are telling me, look, the first thing he's telling people is, I don't want to do any harm. Sarah Palin did a lot of harm. First thing, you know, he's running ahead. He doesn't want to hurt his campaign right now. He wants loyalty above all else. As Dana was pointing out, he had a good relationship with Barack Obama. One of the reasons was that even though Biden disagreed with him an awful lot, particularly on foreign policy, he kept his mouth shut mm -hmm. uh, when Biden made a decision. I mean, when, uh, when Obama made a decision and saluted him and said, Okay, that's it. And then the other thing is comfort level. Biden is somebody who believes he can judge people, size them up, feel like it, 
understand whether he's going to be able to get along with that person and trust that person. And I think that's why this process has taken some time, because I guarantee you those conversations, knowing Joe Biden, have gone on for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, he, look, we, we thought we would be finding yeah. out about this uh, August 1st, right? Yeah. And here we are um, right. just a few days away from the Democratic convention starting. So uh, lots to discuss. Everyone stand by. We're going to continue to follow this breaking news. Joe Biden set to announce his running mate at any moment. We are back with breaking news. A source tells CNN that Stacey Abrams, the former top Democrat in the Georgia House, has been told she is not the pick for Joe Biden's running mate. We have also learned that Congresswoman Karen Bass was also told that she is out. So I want to go straight to CNN, uh, Arlette in Wilmington, Delaware. And Arlette, look, the list is whittling down minute by minute here. Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, Joe Biden has uh, made up his mind about this decision. And there's actually an email that has gone out to supporters that said that Joe Biden has selected Kamala Harris as his running mate. There's actually an entire Biden logo, Biden Harris logo at the top of this email. Now, Biden ran against Kamala Harris during the Democratic primary. Uh, You know, they had that contentious debate Mm -hmm. moment. But ultimately, according to this email, I can read you a little bit from it. It says, uh, folks, you make a lot of important decisions decisions as president, but the first one is who you selected to be your vice president. I've decided that Kamala Harris is the best person to help me take this fight to Donald Trump and Mike Pence and then to leading this nation starting in January 2021. All right. Historic news uh, coming from Arlette. Thank you so much. Uh, Let's go straight to our panel. Dana Bash, this is this is history. Uh, Dana, Mm -hmm. if you're there, we have learning from Arlette. Kamala Harris has been selected as Joe Biden's running mate, making her the first black female vice presidential pick and first Asian uh, female vice presidential pick. Historic. And that is so important to stop, take a breath and take and take a moment to mark this moment. You are absolutely right to do so, Pamela, because this is the third time we have seen uh, a woman be picked by a man as running mate, it is the first time we have seen a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And it, it, is a, it is a moment in history. It is a moment that, that everybody is going to remember whether or not Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that ticket wins or not. Uh, this is something that uh, Vice President Biden has been obviously pressured to do, but it, it's also something that he has clearly looked at based on what he wants his legacy to be. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was the vice president to the first African-American president. He is somebody who is only the presumptive Democratic nominee because of the support of African-Americans and people of color. He was nowhere in the primary process until South Carolina, with all of its African-American demographics, they're the ones who brought him back to life and ultimately made him the nominee. And he, remember, it was with CNN. Uh, On March 15th, in our debate, he told us he was going to pick a woman. Mm -hmm. And now we know that woman is Kamala Harris. It It is a big moment in American history. And and I just want to say that as we were talking about leading up to this, this was not an easy decision Mm -hmm. for Joe Biden to make on who he was going to pick for so many reasons. The fact that he chose Kamala Harris, who was his rival, but not just his rival, somebody who who, who really upset him Mm -hmm. uh, in a very visceral way during the very first debate by going after him about his record on busing. And the fact that he 
overcame that and decided that she is the best partner for him, not just in the campaign, but if he becomes president, you can be sure that is going to be part of the messaging that the Biden campaign is mm -hmm. going to put out there. That shows what kind of a, a person he is and a leader he is, that he can put that behind him. Because I can tell you, mm -hmm. and others, other people will tell you too, he was really hurt, he was yep. really upset, and he was really angry, but he's putting that behind him. Okay, and we're just uh, learning about this tweet from Joe Biden. I think we're going to put this up on the screen here shortly, saying, I have the great honor to announce that I've picked Kamala Harris, a fearless fighter for the little guy and one of the country's finest public servants as my running mate. This is a historic decision. Just to remind our viewers, uh, she served as district attorney in San Francisco, attorney general in California before coming becoming a senator in California and a, a competitor against Joe Biden during the presidential race. And now, Jeff Zelny, she has been selected as his VP pick. Has indeed. And uh, this is something that really has been, I guess, the conventional wisdom all along that Kamala Harris, the senator from California, has you know, been seen in the eyes of of many friends of Joe Biden, many Democrats as the uh, person who fit many of the qualifications. First and foremost, someone who has been on the national stage, someone who's been tested as a candidate. Yes, she did not win the primary. In fact, she had to end her campaign much sooner than she thought. But she was tested on the national stage. And that is something that Joe Biden knows how important it is. He ran for president, of course, his third time. So he knew that uh, he needed someone who had been tested in that way. So I am told that, uh, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will appear for the first time together virtually tomorrow at a fundraiser for supporters. That'll be the first time we see both of them. But reading this email from Joe Biden that he sent out to supporters just a short time ago, Pamela, it also says uh, something else. He, he talks about how she knew his son, Beau. They were both attorney generals at the same time. She in California, Beau Biden, of course, in Delaware, who died of brain cancer in 2015. And he says this, I first met Kamala through my son, Beau. They were both attorney general at the same time. He had enormous respect for her and her work. And I thought about that a lot as I made this decision. So as Dana was talking about that moment from last summer on the debate stage in Miami, when Senator Harris uh, you know, really tried to uh, stop the uh, former vice president and asked questions about you know, his, uh, his long record in the Senate on race. And she talked about his opposition to a busing. Yes, Biden was heard by that, but he also says, I don't hold grudges. And I have to say, Pamela, it reminds me very much of, again, 12 years ago when Joe Biden was picked by Barack Obama. Those two had been at odds with each other. Uh, you know, right before the beginning of the Obama campaign, Joe Biden uh, called Obama clean and articulate. Obama forgave him. Senator Obama at the time forgave him and picked him because he thought that was the best choice. So that, I'm told, has guided Joe Biden's decision through all of this. So now going forward, this is a historic decision without question. Senator Harris, of course, is going to have her record dissected. Republicans have been looking at this for a long time. Her record as a prosecutor in California, as district attorney in San Francisco. Her vote she has taken as well. Mm -hmm. But this is something that uh, is going to, uh, you know, hopefully in the eyes of Joe Biden, launch him forward here to make a governing partner. But the election is still on, so they cannot think of governing partner yet. There's of course, much of the campaign left. But this, without a right. question, is the biggest decision Joe Biden has made in his long political life. He clearly felt comfortable with her. 
and we'll certainly see how this partnership unfolds. Yeah, absolutely. Pamela. And he took a lot of time uh, to, to make this important historic decision right. today, Nia Malika Henderson. Uh, Kamala Harris is among the best known black woman in politics right now. This is a significant uh, choice. Tell us what this means um, to, to women, to, to black voters, to um, supporters of Joe Biden. Well, it is a long time coming. In some ways, it seems inevitable because people have been talking about this possible pairing for almost a, about a year. There was an article in Politico about a, a Biden-Harris ticket in May of 2019, and it's kind of been a thing among the chattering classes. But if you think about the long history of women in this country, of black women in this country trying to have a voice, black women trying to be included uh, as women, uh, in the 19th Amendment, you think about uh, somebody like Fannie Lou Hamer, who in 1964 and 1968 had to beg the Democratic Party for black women in Mississippi to have a voice. And then you fast forward uh, a bit to 1972, Shirley Chisholm uh, launching her bid for uh, the White House in, in January and saying after she lost that one of the reasons that she wanted to run was to really expand the imagination and expand America's imagination about who could be a president, who could lead. And so now we have uh, Kamala Harris, almost 50 years after Shirley Chisholm, ascending uh, to uh, this uh, nomination. And listen, this, if you are a black woman who ends up in this position, the kind of hard work you have to do uh, to first be uh, you know, in those positions in California, uh, attorney general and then senator, she's only the second uh, black woman to be senator uh, in this country, the enormous amount of hard work and focus uh, and grit she has done over this last many uh, decades in her career uh, to get to this point. And so, yes, this is an historic day. I imagine women around the country, uh, particularly women who were upset about what happened in 2016 uh, with, with Hillary Clinton not winning that uh, campaign. It's a day that I think a lot of women are looking for, you know, looked forward to for a long time. We'll obviously see what happens uh, in November. But again, this is, I think, will expand people's ideas mm -hmm. about who can lead, right? I mean, if you think about uh, black women in leadership, not many black women in leadership, even in your own kind of lives and offices, it is very rare uh, that black women accede to positions uh, of power. And so for this to happen, we should not take this uh, moment for granted. We should not uh, think of it as inevitable because it was a long time coming with a lot of fighting uh, by black women in particular and women just in general. And I think if you think about Kamala Harris, she herself, a fighter, right? Mm -hmm. Joe Biden certainly didn't like what she did in that debate, but it proved that she was a fighter. If you think about the viral moments uh, she's had with people like Jeff Sessions, people like uh, Gina Haspel, it was about be, uh, uh, being a fighter uh, and being aggressive. And I think if, if you're Joe Biden, that's yeah. one of the qualities uh, you wanna see in a partner. Just a remarkable moment. Uh, Kamala Harris has been selected as Joe Biden's vice uh, presidential partner, running partner, and she is the immigrant of um, Jamaican and Indian parents. Really a remarkable rise, as Nia Malika had pointed out there. And as you pointed out, Nia, she is a fighter. And, and recently we sort of saw this play out. It seemed as though the subtext of what she was saying, talking about ambition, because there had been reporting out there that some of Joe Biden's 
allies um, thought that she was too ambitious, sort of that double standard for women. And she was speaking recently and she said, uh, look, you know, people who say that they're just used to what has been, not what could be, uh, and really took that criticism on head on. She didn't directly say she was talking about Joe Biden's um, allies who were critical of her, but that appeared to be what she was hinting at. Right, Nia? I think that's right. And, and she was really responding to there were a lot of leaks that came out of this election process uh, with people who were Joe Biden allies uh, saying that, that, that somebody like Kamala Harris rubbed people the wrong way or she was uh, too, uh, too ambitious. And it's something I think that particularly women who are trying to be in positions of power, uh, those are the kind of uh, comments and criticisms they, they often get. You think about Geraldine uh, Ferraro, uh, Barbara Bush, uh, called her a not so uh, nice word when she was uh, the running mate of Walter Mondale. You think about somebody like uh, Sarah Palin, people openly wonder, how will she take care of her kids uh, as she's in, in the White House if she was uh, to, 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 to win? Uh, so these are the kind of uh, criticisms and the kind of scrutiny that uh, women get that men don't get. And then there's a double layer when you add on a person of color and, and race and eth ethnic background, as we'll see uh, with Kamala Harris. So I, I think, you know, she is a singular person and she has been vocal about the unfair ways in which women are treated. And in this instance, obviously a, a woman of color has to deal with that double scrutiny of both, both race uh, and gender. All right. Now I want to go to Gloria Borger now for more on the historical context of this pick. Gloria? Well, it is historical, as all of my colleagues have been talking about. And um, let me just say this. It's also a moment for uh, Joe Biden and for the country. I know Joe Biden in the past has, talks, has talked about being a bridge to the next generation. And what we see here is not so much a bridge, but somebody who is embracing the next generation, who has said, I'm going to be transformational by choosing a black woman as my vice president. And, and by the way, in doing this, the Democratic Party is sort of saying, OK, well, and Biden is saying, you know, you're the next likely nominee, no matter when it comes, because you've served uh, as vice president should they win. And I think what Biden is doing is a larger thing. It's not a bridge anymore. This has become uh, more of a transformation. He is saying to black voters in this country, I am listening to you. He is saying to young voters who want to see something different, I am listening to you. And he's also got a partner here, I would argue, she's been tough on crime, but she understands the issues and she is going to have to uh, deal with police reform, criminal justice reform. And just as he did the Recovery Act when he was vice president, maybe he's thinking, well, Kamala Harris can help me in the way that I help Barack Obama. So I think this is a huge moment uh, for this campaign. And I also think um, my colleagues are reminding me that a couple of weeks ago, Donald Trump was asked the question, how do you rate Kamala Harris as VP? Mm -hmm. And the answer was, I think she'd be a fine choice, Kamala Harris. Hmm. She'd be a fine choice. Yeah. So we have to see what Donald Trump is going to have to do to her. 
or going to try to do to her. Let's put it that way. Right. We'll see. We'll see. And and just talking about her record, um, as we pointed out, she was district attorney in San Francisco, attorney general in California. Her record will no doubt be under scrutiny. But uh, given the race reckoning in this nation, David and she has recently advocated for police reform. She pushed a Senate bill to make lynching a federal crime. Um, and also, let's not forget, she's relatively young. She's 55 years old. What is the significance? of that. Well, uh, the man she's running with on the ticket <laughs> is uh, significantly older than that. I think that's the significance of it, Pam, is that uh, he's going to be 78 years old uh, this fall. And uh, obviously that added sort of to the weight of this pick. Is he going to, as he has called himself, a transitional figure? Uh, in this moment in time. And, and will this pick be part of that vision? Well, with somebody who is in her mid-50s, it does seem uh, a bit of torch passing going on here, at least uh, bringing along the next generation of leadership uh, with him. Th that There's no doubt about that. To your point about her record, uh, and as Jeff Zeleny was talking and, and Gloria was just mentioning the uh, criminal justice piece of this, this is also one of the reasons that Joe Biden selected Kamala Harris. The vetting of that record, which no doubt is going to happen all over again. It's a whole new context when you are now on the national ticket. But this was litigated throughout her entire presidential campaign. Those, so she didn't run a successful presidential campaign for the Democratic nomination and bowed out last December before the voting even began. But all of these issues about her votes, her past, her record uh, on uh, on criminal justice and other areas, this is something she's had a year plus mm -hmm. worth of practice uh, answering. And I think with some folks on the list who did not have that kind of national spotlight exposure, uh, this ended up being on the plus column for a Kamala Harris. All right, I want to go back to Arlette Sines uh, there in Delaware to talk about what we, when we can expect to see Biden and his new running mate, Kamala Harris, together. Yeah, Pamela, we're learning that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be holding an event here in Wilmington, Delaware, to deliver remarks tomorrow. So that will be the first time that they are in front of reporters uh, as the Democratic ticket. And, you know, looking back at, at March, the last campaign rally that Biden actually held before coronavirus brought everything to a standstill was a campaign rally with Kamala Harris in Detroit. Gretchen Whitmer, the, the Michigan governor, and also Cory Booker were also on stage with him there as he held their hands and talked about how he is the uh, sees himself as the bridge to the to the next generation. That is something that he has clearly seen with Kamala Harris in this pick today. And, and as was it was spoken about before, Kamala Harris had a close relationship with Biden's uh, deceased son, Beau Biden. They served together as attorney general. So in, in many ways, this is also an emotional pick uh, for Biden as uh, someone who was close with his own son, who, who had a promising political career of his own. Someone close with him will be, now be serving with him on the Democratic ticket. And one thing that Biden has really been looking for in this search process is someone who he could build a relationship and a partnership with. He wants to replicate what he had with President Obama in those eight years. And so he has seen in, in Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, the potential for that possible relationship to grow as governing partners if they make it to the White House. And he's clearly been able to overlook that, that debate uh, when she rebuked him for his record working with um, segregationist senators and so forth. Um, Arlette, thank you so much for bringing us the latest there from Delaware. I want to go now uh, to Jessica Dean. She is right outside of Harris's home. Jessica, tell us what the reaction there is. 
Well, Pamela, we have not seen Kamala Harris here at her condo building since Sunday. That was the last time our crews laid eyes on her. We did see her husband earlier today going out for a coffee. But other than that, we have not seen them here. Of course, a lot of buzz in this neighborhood, though, as people come out to check out what's going on. Uh, we're getting information, too, a statement in from Susan Rice, who was also in the running uh, to be Biden's running mate. She put out a statement saying she is confident that the Biden-Harris, that Biden-Harris will be a winning ticket and is committed to doing whatever it takes to make sure uh, that they win in November. Uh, back here in Washington, D.C., we're also seeing tweets from Harris's husband and Jill Biden. Of course, the political spouses going back and forth. Jill Biden asking, are you ready? Her husband saying, let's do this. Uh, so you can see the team really forming those two couples at the top of the ticket, ready uh, to announce themselves uh, to the entire United States as the Democratic ticket for 2020. And interesting to Pamela to note that the Biden campaign just a little bit ago coming out preemptively against any attacks that the Trump campaign may begin to throw Kamala Harris's way. At the time, they were just saying whomever they pick because she hadn't been named yet. But the Biden campaign saying that any attacks that the Trump campaign makes are going to be discredited before they're even out of the gate because the Trump campaign has already tried uh, to marginalize whomever the pick is as radical. Uh, so really taking that first step uh, to go on the attack on on behalf of the VP and interesting, I spoke with the campaign aide yesterday who confirmed that the campaign has been talking with women's groups that are responsible um, for getting women elected uh, to talk about the specific line of attacks that a female candidate might face that a male candidate might not face and that the mm -hmm. whole point was for them to really familiarize themselves uh, with that, prepare for anything that President Trump and his campaign might throw their way. Uh, but here at uh, at Harris's residence, again, we have not seen her, uh, but we are certainly keeping our eyes peeled, Pam. Okay, thanks so much, Jessica Dean. I know you'll keep us posted from there. I want to go back to Dana Bash and just underscore, Dana, again, this historic moment, this remarkable mm -hmm. moment, Joe Biden picking a female who is black and Asian, uh, who is relatively young, mm -hmm. uh, 55 years old, mm -hmm. as his running mate. Uh, this is a critical pick for him mm -hmm. for so many different reasons. So many different reasons. You're exactly right. And there are two points I want to make about the fact that this is a woman of color. Number one, we've heard this phrase a lot since uh, the, the sort of the reckoning that we've seen in this country over the past couple of months. Uh, the phrase is representation matters. And this is the ultimate example of that. Mm -hmm. the, the, the most ultimate that we've seen so far in American politics. Representation potential, mattering for sure, but potentially mattering when it comes to the raw politics. And what I mean by that is that you know, when I talked to you earlier, I talked about the fact that the before we knew it was Kamala Harris, about the fact that the Biden campaign wasn't necessarily looking at the map. California mm -hmm. is not in play. She's a senator from California. They got that unless something really dire happens. But what is in play and what is so important politically uh, for the Biden campaign is to make sure that the African-American vote comes out to make sure that people of color uh, feel that they are represented, that they are being heard, that they are being listened to, and that they have somebody who they can see uh, 
actually understands them. And that's no small thing. And, and, and in seeing some of the open letters that we've uh, seen published from African-American men, mm -hmm. from African-American women, that has been you know, the thrust of it, not just about representation, but also to remember who, who brung you to the dance, as people like to say. And it is African-Americans for, uh, for, for, for Joe Biden when it comes to the primary. And that is a huge, huge thing. Um, not to mention the fact that we already knew it was going to be a woman, but the mm -hmm. fact that Kamala Harris is somebody who uh, they believe can play well in the suburbs, which are also going to be big battlegrounds in these key swing states, uh, that's important as well. But representation mattering is really, really key in looking at this pick, Absolutely. Kamala Harris. And to continue on to your point with Nia Malika, uh, you know, as Dana pointed out, she is someone who can appeal to a wide swath of voters, uh, black voters, females, moderates and liberals. How does this ticket stack up against uh, President Trump? Well, listen, we know where Joe Biden is right now in the polls. He's doing quite well in the polls in these battleground states like Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, in Michigan, and in the national polls, he's up by about 10. Uh, I, I think this enhances Joe Biden's uh, standing uh, or, or sort of underscores it with those voters. He already is doing well. African-American voters, uh, white women voters, college-educated uh, mm -hmm. voters of all races. So so I think, you know, that that is what this pick, I think, means. She can play very well in the suburbs with some of those uh, disaffected Republicans uh, who have seen in Donald Trump somebody who they might find distasteful on any number of issues, whether it's racial issues or issues around gender. So I think this is somebody who's very kind of portable, can go anywhere uh, and kind of sing uh, the song of, of the party and to those different demographics. They're going to need to get uh, disaffected Republicans. They're going to need to get uh, progressives as well. They're going to need to see uh, black voters turn out in a way that they didn't turn out in 2016 for all sorts of reasons. Maybe they weren't excited about Hillary Clinton. Maybe they thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. Uh, so, so I think that's what she speaks to. And uh, we'll see what kind of campaigner she is in, in this role. We saw what kind of campaigner she was when she was uh, the number one and kind of having to make her case uh, and run on her ideas and her vision and her plans. Uh, now now she's the number two, and, and Biden is kind of setting uh, the parameters of what the policy is, uh, and it's much more moderate. So, you know, we'll see how she does in this role. All right. Thank you so much to our panel. We are continuing to follow this breaking news. Joe Biden announcing his historic pick for his running mate, Senator Kamala Harris. We'll be back. back with the breaking news. Senator Kamala Harris is Joe Biden's running mate, a history-making choice with Harris being the first African-American woman up for the job. And the Biden campaign website has been updated with the photo of the two, as you see, high-fiving, saying, quote, together we will beat Donald Trump. Harris and Biden will appear together tomorrow for the first time speaking in Delaware. And I want to go right to CNN's Abby Phillip uh, to talk more about this. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris now joining uh, Biden's uh, as his running mate. And a lot of times, Abby, presidential candidates are known to choose a running mate that will perhaps make up for their own perceived weaknesses. Harris brings diversity and she brings youth to the Biden campaign, among other attributes. Yeah, she does. And I think that she brings a really long history 
with uh, the support of black women, which is also very important. As everybody's pointed out, the cornerstone of the Democratic Party. You know, when Biden is making this decision, you know, there are a couple of things that uh, people close to him have told me that he was looking at. And one of them uh, is the idea of passing the baton. I mean, Kamala Harris could very well be the future of the Democratic Party. But the other thing is also uh, what kind of, uh, what is the scope of this person's experience? And, you know, Kamala Harris is a, is a freshman senator, but she also was the attorney general of the largest state in the union, effectively someone who was running an, an, um, a, a justice department that is second only to the U- United States Justice Department. So that is the kind of experience that she's bringing to the ticket. She's someone who is uh, viewed as being sort of uh, uh, tough and, and sharp. Uh, and I do think that when the Biden campaign, it was when Biden himself was looking at this, he was thinking not necessarily just about shoring up uh, his weaknesses electorally, but also shoring up uh, the general perception of the ticket as uh, signaling to the future of the Democratic Party uh, and not uh, just the present or even the past. Right. And, you know, he's clearly aware of the climate that we're in right now, Abby. That is is clearly an important part of all of this. Um, and, And just I want to go a little bit deeper into what the black vote means for Joe Biden and how Kamala Harris being chosen as his running mate plays into that. Yeah, I mean, I do think that uh, the Biden campaign is cognizant that obviously you need to keep your base as strong as possible. But they also understand that uh, there is this conversation that's going on about race, about criminal justice in this country. And for good or for bad, Kamala Harris is at the center of that conversation. There have been, there's been a lot of talk among Democrats about what is going to be the impact of her record as a former prosecutor. And I do think that, that it's something that has both its pros and its cons. Uh, the reality is that Kamala Harris has, uh, for many, many uh, uh, years, uh, worked both at to reform parts of California's uh, prosecution system, but she's also been dinged by some advocates who say she wasn't tough enough. And I think it was really interesting to me to see in the Trump campaign statement, uh, this particular part, it says, Kamala will abandon her own morals as well as try to bury her record as prosecutor in order to anti-police extremists. And I think it's clear that the Trump campaign seems to think that Kamala Harris's prosecutor record is actually something that cuts against this idea that Biden is anti-police or that he is anti-law enforcement. Uh, It's one of the things that even Trump allies have told me about Kamala Harris Mm -hmm. that makes her a very strong uh, competitor, that she has this record uh, where she was not afraid in some cases to be tough on crime. It's also something that's made her a bit of a lightning rod in uh, the the more left-wing corners of the Democratic Party. Right. Um, Some who say she wasn't tough enough enough, and others who were saying she was too tough. And as you said, we're already seeing uh, the Trump campaign try to come out and scrutinize her record to to paint her as uh, too tough on on police and and crime and so forth. And I want to join, I want David Oxrod to join me now to kind of dig a little bit deeper into this former senior advisor to President Obama and someone who uh, worked with Joe Biden for years. What is your reaction to this decision? 
Well, you know, it's interesting because on the one hand, it is a historic decision, and on the other hand, it really is the most conventional uh, of decisions. Kamala Harris checked a lot of boxes for Joe Biden. He, she, he, she fulfilled his desire to choose uh, a candidate of color, a woman of color uh, for this office, but she also checks a very, another very important box. As a senator, as someone who has run for president, she immediately suggests the ability to take over the job if she needs to, to be someone who could step into the breach if, if need be. That is very important when you have an older candidate. I think voters are going to take a harder look at that than they have in the past. She is a progressive for sure, but she is more of a center-left Democrat uh, than a left Democrat. Mm -hmm. uh, and so she is not going to, she may not thrill everyone, but she's not going to enrage anyone. And she's not going to be as easy a target for President Trump, who wants to depict whoever Biden chooses as evidence that Biden has been drifting too far left. Mm -hmm. So she she fulfills a lot of his objectives uh, here relative to the election. The challenge is going to be she she at this moment Kamala Harris if Biden wins becomes the front runner for president in 2024. Few people expect Biden to run at the age of 81 for mm -hmm. president. The, the the tension is going to be how do you fulfill your role as vice president uh, and also keep an eye on, on your imperatives as someone who may be the party's standard bearer in 2024? And they're going to have to work that out uh, because mm -hmm. there may be times when Biden's policies are in conflict with what she sees as her political imperatives. But that's, mm -hmm. a, uh, that's a later issue. The fundamental issue is do you win the election? Because you don't have to worry about the second thing if, unless you take care of the first. And she is, right. a, she is a strong candidate for that role. And what you pointed out, uh, the reporting was, that was part of the consideration um, among those who were close to Joe Biden. And clearly um, he, you know, thought, look, she is the person that I want to run with. She's the person I feel simpatico with. He had talked about how it's really important for him to have personal chemistry with his running mate. How do you think Senator Harris fits that bill? Well, obviously, that's the decision uh, that he made. You know, a lot has been made of that exchange on the debate stage in the first debate where uh, uh, she attacked uh, Biden on the issue of busing, his position on busing in the 1970s. Uh, and that was a raw moment. But you know what? I'm old enough, uh, Pam, to remember uh, other elections, including 1980, when Ronald Reagan put George H.W. Bush on the ticket after Bush, as a competitor in the primaries, called Reagan's economic plans voodoo economics, mm -hmm. a phrase that was repeated again and again and again by Democrats in that election. There is a history of, of candidates burying the hatchet. They're both professional politicians. They understand what happens in tough campaigns. Uh, but clearly, they found a way to mend that and, uh, and, and find this partnership. Yeah. And just uh, quickly, David, of course, you were the advisor to the America's first African-American president, Barack Obama. Uh, this is historic. The fact that uh, Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris as his running mate. She is a, the first black female um, vice presidential candidate and Asian um, female as well. And this really t tells you where this country is headed, where the Democratic Party is headed. This is a huge landmark occasion in the social progress of our country, the social history of our country, and a response to what we've seen throughout this country uh, in the last few months. People want to see change, and uh, Joe Biden delivered that today. Yeah. And, and in terms of, you know, you talked about, look, she is someone who was, in some respects, politically a safer choice. What does her, her being his running mate mean for getting those progressive voters out? 
You know, that remains to be seen. You know, there are other candidates, Elizabeth Warren, for example, who was the favorite of uh, a lot of young uh, progressives. And there were other candidates he was considering who might have more of a toehold in uh, there. But I think that this his the, the historic nature of Harris's candidacy is not going to be lost on the progressive uh, community. I think it was important to uh, uh, younger voters and certainly uh, voters, uh, African-American voters, uh, that that the candidate be someone who brings this kind of diversity uh, to the ticket. So I think it will help, but I'm not a big believer at the end of the day that any vice presidential candidate really drives turnout. I think this is an election about the people on the top of the ticket. And this one, more than most, is a referendum on the incumbent president who is a motivator for a lot of Democratic uh, voters. I'm curious, just given your, your history um, with Biden, um, are you surprised he picked Kamala Harris over Susan Rice, someone that Biden worked with in the administration? Look, I, I worked with Susan Rice. She's an extraordinary person, really, really smart, understands the presidency very well because she was a national security advisor for mm -hmm. four years under President Obama and had a relationship with Biden. What she didn't have was the experience of ever running for public office. And it's hard to throw someone into the deep end of the pool without uh, them ever having uh, been in the pool before. And I th I'm sure that was a concern for him in making this decision. Okay, thank you so much, David Oxford. I'm gonna go back to my colleague, Abby, to dig a little bit more into um, what this means for Joe Biden's campaign, Abby, particularly the voters that he needs to win the election. Well, you know, one of the things I think, we talk a lot about um, black voters. I think there's also a component of this that if you look back at Kamala Harris's primary run, which I covered, one of this, her strengths was uh, college-educated women who are typically Democratic voters. But if you look at uh, where Democrats want to be, the voters that they believe they kind of need to really be supercharged in terms of their enthusiasm and come out, in addition to Black voters, we're also talking about suburban voters, suburban women. And that's one of the things that during the campaign in the primary, uh, Kamala Harris's advisors repeatedly told me that that is where she was strong, that is where she resonated very well with. So I don't think we can overlook the potential breadth of her appeal to the same kinds of voters that Joe Biden wants to bring out uh, in the general election uh, himself. It, it is uh, the, the coalition of voters that, that Democrats need in order to win. And increasingly, suburban women are part of that coalition as well. Uh, you know, Kamala Harris is someone who a lot of voters would tell me repeatedly they liked. They thought that she was uh, uh, warm, that they uh, identified with in a lot of different ways. And so uh, as we think about that, I think one of the, one of the challenges uh, for, for Biden as we go into this fall is how do you um, – campaign in this coronavirus era when everything mm -hmm. is sort of on a computer and virtual. And Kamala Harris uh, has a, a, a kind of energy about her. It's one of the things that made her a rising star in the Democratic Party to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in addition to the chemistry, in addition to the idea that she has her own political ambitions, we should all also think about um, how does Joe Biden uh, also present another face to the American public that they might be attracted to uh, and that uh, can cross uh, across demographic lines, not just specifically with black voters as important 
and really as critical mm -hmm. as that is for the Democratic Party. And just speaking about how you know important social media is during this age of coronavirus, uh, Kamala Harris just tweeted, we're going to put this up on the screen. She says, um, at Joe Biden can unify the American people because he spent his life fighting for us. And as president, he'll build an America that lives up to our ideals. I'm honored to join him as our party's nominee for vice president and do what it takes to make him our commander in chief. So with that, I want to go to CNN's Kyung Law, who also covered Harris in uh, the primary. We just read that tweet. That's her first reaction, Kyung, to this announcement. Uh, and it's something that you really would expect to hear from her at this stage, just simply, you know, making sure that, that she helps the ticket, she moves it along. Um, this is someone who we saw throughout her campaign talking about trying to help the Democratic Party. Um, the, the thing that she's known for here in California, uh, Pam, is, is somebody who has really tried to break barriers. You heard Abby mm -hmm. say this, a lot of other people here. Um, the thing that is really stunning when you look at her record, is that she was the first black woman elected as San Francisco district attorney. She was the first black woman California attorney general, the first black woman, first South Asian to ever serve in the U.S. Senate, a biracial mm -hmm. woman. So all of these barriers she's broken, that's what she brings to the ticket. And, and also the other thing um, that we haven't talked a lot about is that she's the daughter of immigrants. Mm -hmm. She speaks with authority by her very embodiment of who she is. Yeah the daughter of immigrants, a biracial woman, and a former prosecutor. Immigrants from India and Jamaica. Kyung Law, thank you so much for bringing us the latest there. I'm Pamela Brown in for Jake Tapper. Our coverage on CNN continues right now. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.